Thursday nights at 7, it's Face the Music. 60 minutes of vintage recordings, traditional jazz, and other analgesics. A public service of Radio Free Ann Arbor. Broadcasting from the University of Michigan, WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. In Technicolor. I'm T. Hetzel. Today I'm so, so pleased to have David Lagerkrantz here in the studio. It's Sunday, September 24, 2017. Um, David, thanks for coming to the studio today, to WCBN. It's lovely to be here. I actually have a little bit of tears in my, my, my eyes because it was a long time I heard this song. And, and you know, you asked me to pick some, and I just remember hearing it the first time, and it's, it's about missing someone, you know, a guy in Ireland, it's an old folk song, and he has his love, I think, in America. And, and you know, I, I, well, you know, that was music is so fantastic, it starts you to remember and touches your heart. So, yeah. And, and you were you were singing too. Yes, yes, singing I could, yes. Yeah. I, I just realized that I always loved it, but it was a while since I heard it. Oh. So it sort of <laughs> took me, and then I'm exhausted. I'm touring the right. words, so I'm exhausting. So I'm very easily, you know, I start to cry. Just touch me, and I would cry. <laughs> <laughs> or laugh. Or laugh. Or laugh. Or laugh. Or laugh. Or laugh. Well, David Lagerkrantz is here. His book, The Girl Who Takes an Eye for an Eye, um, the latest in the Millennium series, Elizabeth Salander novel. Am I pronouncing her name correctly? Uh, Lisbeth Salander, if you Salander. should be the Salander, if you should Salander. really be Swedish Svenska. But it was quite good, I think. No, I think you're just too kind. <laughs> but so help me along every I, step I, of the way with this pronunciation. I will help you, will you? <laughs> yeah, and you will help me with my English because it's slipping sometimes. You know, I have trouble uh, with some words. Well, I don't know. So you say. So you say. Um, before we go any further, um, I'll read the short bio in the book, and then um, and then we'll get on with things, shall we? Okay. 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 <laughs> David Lagerkrantz is an acclaimed author and journalist. He has written numerous biographies, including the internationally best-selling I Am Zlatan Ibramovich. Oh, quite good. For which he was the ghostwriter. I want to talk with you about this, actually. Yes. And four novels, including Fall of Man in Wimslow and the number one best-selling The Girl in the Spider's Web. Um, and so, and that, of course, is is the first one of the Millennium series that, that you wrote. 
um, okay. after Larson yeah. had passed away. Yes. And and sort of left that the series was in swing. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, so I don't know. Should we should we start there? I know that's a kind of a somber sort of. No, moment, you can you can you can that... you can start uh, anywhere. But uh, shall we start there? So let's start there. Because what what was it what was it like taking on the project? Because when I read about it, it says you were contracted to continue the series. Um, yeah, well, I don't know if I should take sort of the the, the long story. The long story oh. you mentioned uh, the the Slatan Ibrahimovic book. Yes, yes. Yeah, and that was you know, a kind of a crazy thing for me. You know, being brought up in this highbrow family to be a ghost writer. Oh, sorry, sorry, I'm not no, close. No, you be comfortable. Yeah. We yes, can adjust. Yes, but but Slatan Ibrahimovic is sort of the biggest uh, sport icon we had in Sweden. Still, 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 right? still. He's I got mean, his own statue. He, I mean, he's, but, but he's a young man. We, we used to say we have Slatan Ibrahimovic and then we have the king and, and so on. <laughs> or would he, he say that? <laughs> no, he, he would say that, certainly, but even the other people. But anyway, I, 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 I did that book and, and something really you know, strange happened because there was a, a collusion between us. We right. were from absolutely different backgrounds. He was sort of grown up in a ghetto and I'm ashamed to say that I was quite privileged. But it happens to something when we colluded itself. I saw something in him and he saw something with me and, and suddenly he And he saw, trusted you. He, he trusted, trusted, I don't know, but, but she, he, he saw new threads in his own life and I, it was, I was a bit of his therapist, maybe. A bit. You know, <laughs> because he, he's been thinking about you know the future all the time. How should I cope with this trainer, this new match? And now he had time to go back. Anyway, that was sort of the start. And then I will go back to, to, to good old uh, writing, you know, fine novels and, and things. Right. Well, and you've, you'd written a number of biographies. Yes, yes. You'd started out as a crime reporter. Yes, you'd gone yes, to journalism yes, school. Yes, yes. You had come up through the crime reporting, big stories in the 80s and 90s. Yes. Yes, uh, yes, yes, I did. And, and, and before, the, the strange thing is, before the Slatan Ibrahim, which I wrote a novel about Alan Turing, Fall of Man in Wimslow, that you mentioned. We can talk about that later but that was my uh, my ambition to be more like my father there was high scholar very literary novel Mm -hmm. so but then something happened and i tried to write an other novel uh, uh, and I, I met my my fantastic agent Magdalena Hedlund, who is here who in the is studio here, today. Who is hello, Magdalena. Hello, hello, Magdalena. Hello, hello, hello Magdalena. Behind the glass. And and my wife read this book. Now I'm talking too much. So just interrupt me. But <laughs> but very shortly, it was like this: that my wife said. This is a very good book, David, but I think it's a little too dark, and the hero is complaining too much. Are you sure you're not using writing as therapy? Uh, so I, you know, I was a, a bit depressed by that, and I said to, to Magdalena when we had lunch and a couple of glasses of wine, maybe I'm this crazy kind of guy who is the best when I collude myself with someone else. You see. Maybe that's something happened, because if you just look into yourself, you never know what you will see. Maybe I'm best. And then I saw Magdalena's eyes, you know, go, ah. And then she talked to the, to the uh, Larson estate and to the publishing house. And one day I was, you know, said that I should come to the publishing house, but I shouldn't go into the main entrance. 
And that was quite of strange, wasn't it? Why couldn't I go into the main entrance? I should go mysterious. in. Mysterious. Yeah, mysterious. I should go in, you know, between and go into the basement <laughs> and in the room. In with, the basement, sort of yeah, like yeah, here. But, uh, yeah, yeah, sort of like here. Yeah, but you at least have window. There was a room without window. And there, there was sitting uh, Eva Jedin, Stig Larsson's publisher. And then suddenly she uh, asked me, David, would you consider writing the fourth book in the Millennium series? What a strange occurrence. Yeah. Because it's not as if you had been um, like the, like a huge fan of the series or you hadn't been like knee deep in it, had you? Or had you I mean, known I, Larson? I, 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 or had no, you, no, 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 no. I've read them, of course. And, and, and in all my life, I've been written uh, by outsiders. I mean, Alan Turing for certain was yes. one. And Zlatan Ibrahimovic was an outsider. I mean, who used this disadvantage, you know, to be stronger. So Lisbeth Salander was just my kind of girl. And there was there was an absolutely absurd situation, and I know what a, you know what a word success it was. And the strange thing is that people have asked me hundreds of times, "Didn't you hesitate?" And the strange thing, I didn't ha- hesitate a nanosecond really? because I, f- I felt a, a, you know a certain, it just felt, I right, felt like a certain a fever. I mean, I'm an old reporter. Just was when you know that you have a good story, you right. know, you know <laughs> the feeling. Yes, <laughs> right. So I sort of screamed, "Yes." And he felt like it was right. No, it did absolutely it. felt okay. right. And then I was scared to death. Yeah, of no, course. Yeah. Then, then I was scared <laughs> to death. Well, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but, but, but it really was passion. And I think you know some of the foreign uh, uh, publishers they were hesitating. I mean, who is this David? Could he really do this? Is he really a crime fiction writer, or or how could he? Uh, but I think what convinced them, I had a story that I told them that was my passion. Other guys could have said, well, I do it, it will be good money or something, blah, 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 blah. But I was absolutely feverish about it. And so, and why do you think it opened into passion for you then? Because it was at the right moment for I this think, project. I or? think it was, I saw in Lisbeth Salander what I've been writing about all my life. I, I, I think I, I've saw that I've been interesting in people, uh, outsiders, rebels, uh, that the society has tried to crush but instead of getting weaker they just right. get stronger and and I've also been interested in different people people that are not alike you and me or everyone else because I think society needs them and they're often the one who come up with new great ideas so and and and, and she was a new kind of female heroine which would be different for that's a departure from what you had written. Yeah, in yes, the past. absolutely. And to go into so that a challenge. So, yeah, and then maybe I had to go to therapy to understand why I was so thrilled about it. Because I still don't. Maybe part of it was just a challenge. You know. Wow. <laughs> you know. I can't say Right. Can't, you can't say no to a thing like that. Well it's and it's the world stage. For fiction, yes. Whereas you had been on it with the, um, the Ibrahim Ibrahimovic, yes. yes. Yeah. I actually am. Um, I I support Man United, so I should be able to say yeah, his yes, name yes, to just yeah. roll off okay. my tongue. But um, anyway, he's sort of on in the injury list now. Isn't yeah, he? yeah, but he's in better shape. He, he, he's yeah, he, he told me a couple of weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah, yes, okay. Yeah, yes. Okay. But, yeah, yeah. But what so was the, your question? Yeah, but sorry. the challenge, I know. Yeah, we're getting just let's let's talk premiership now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Um, so, but so the challenge of writing this 
this female character that maybe would become like what this passion maybe that's why you needed to go into therapy like is, I, I is mean this I needed fire to, that you I felt... needed to go into therapy to understand why I was so passionate about the project it was not only Lisbethland it was the whole universe of the millennium you know the whole Stig Larsson's universe with Michael Blomqvist who of course well, was you connected to him yeah then, I connected to him I mean he, he's a guy you know in, in my age you know had been a reporter a better reporter than me of course but a guy that I could sort of project myself and then we have this extra Dream character of Lisbeth uh, Salander, and well, I, I don't know. It just and then of course after a while, uh, I didn't really know what the word would accept. But then after sort of half a year, when I have been writing, we we went public with the news, and Sweden went absolutely crazy. You, you can't even believe it. I was all over headlines, and people were you know saying all kind of scandalous thing. You can't do like this and. And I already then, you know, but you've I, been writing. You've yeah, been writing I, for half a yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, six months. I, yes. But I was just just in the middle of the book, or not right. that. You know, I can really felt. You know, the critics sharpen the knife already. You know, and Completely. the and the readers will say, you know, how could you betray this? And your Lisbeth Salander will be terrible. So. So I think what really drove they, me was... Oh, yeah, sorry, no, no, go on, go on. What did well, you why say? Why did they release the information then? Why didn't they give you time to I, write I, the first dra- the full draft of the book? I think they were afraid of that there would be leakage. So they wanted to go out. To, to, to have be in the, front of yeah, it to, and to, to, to be the ones have, to release to have it, the, the fanfare. No, the old so. storm. But I think even uh, Eva Yedin, the Stig Larsson's publisher, who know that everything of the millennium, you know, goes viral and wouldn't, you know, have, have she didn't understand how crazy Sweden would have been. It right. was all over the news. It was all over, and I was top of broadsheets all over. So you can imagine. <laughs> so if you didn't, if you hadn't already been in therapy, you would have been right into therapy at that point I would imagine no no no, no. <laughs> yeah but 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 I was scared to death but, but being scared is sometimes good we all we all, all reporters know that being <laughs> being scared to death that you will not finish your story b- before deadline I mean it makes you better I, I bloody had to to write a good book otherwise they would kill me so that's what started fueling you Yes, yes, it was a challenge, and and I worked hard. I wait, I woke up four in the morning, you know, and and, and thought about it, dreamed about the story, and just uh, lived with the character. Lived like with the character. Lived with the character. Did you yeah. reread all the the series yeah, again, I, like yeah, to get I, into the language again and, the... and again and again and again? Yeah. But then I had to stop because the, then that will make me afraid. I couldn't just look. How did Stig Larsson solve that problem? I must be brave, you know, to put a bit of myself because we were talking about the collusion. It should be Stig Larsson, but it also should be me. I must add something. And so do you ever talk to his ghost? Do you ever find yourself talking to him in the collusion of it? Uh, well, uh, not really, but I had him over me sort of all the time. But uh, even though I worship him, I mean, he was the master genius who created uh, these characters. I have to forget about him. I have to make his characters mine. Otherwise, I will be too afraid. I, I have to let them go wild, you know. <laughs> Let's take a short break and then we'll come back and we'll talk some more about some wildness. Today on the program, David Lagerkrantz is here. I'm T. Hetzel. You've got Living Writers. We'll be back.
Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, I'm glad you did. Today on the program, David Lagerkrantz is here. The girl who takes an eye for an eye. Um, the latest in the Lisbeth Salander uh, Millennium series. Um, and David, thanks for choosing the songs for today's <laughs> program. Yeah. It's they're beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, well, yeah, there was an impossible task to you know to have favorite song, but but uh, that really touched me. And and uh, well, I shouldn't be too sentimental, but I think of my the death of my father because I heard that in in that scent, and it's you take me to the water is something about that, and it's uh, something that grips you. And when you mentioned your your father at the beginning of the program too, so he's someone who. It was and is so important to your life. Yeah, he was uh, this uh, very famous uh, person back in Sweden when there were not that many famous. When when life was simple, you know, we had one one or two influential paper, and we had sort of one channel or two. And, oh, and so, so he was uh, he was this very high scholar and chief editor of the most influential papers. We had all the writers at home so he was my the demon of my life and and uh, who you know he saw all that people on tv and he knew them all and called them ungifty and mediocre so so that was part of my life first i f- i felt that he was sort of the king who could judge everybody and then one day, of course, I started to ask think if I am one of the ungifted mediocre people and that's being of the wound in my life, you know, to think if I be be a disappointment to him, and 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 if I, you know, this is a very familiar topic, the Larkrans family in 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 Sweden. But we have two things in our family. We we have many successful people, but we also have many people who have gone under. We are we are so overrepresented in in, in depression and in suicide. So. So he was certainly my demon because he worshipped the suffering so much. So, so I was once having an advance. No, I'm te- speaking. I'd be, I'd be, I'd, maybe I'd be sentimental when I hear Nina Simone, who, who had such a lovely, tragic um, life herself. But that, that was sort of, I had a title for my book, uh, uh, Be Successful or Go Under My Lot my lad that was the title because you know that was the two Lagerkrans path we had right. and, and and both were worshipped the gifted one were worshipped right. or the suffering were even more worshipped because maybe they were suffering because they were even more gifted right. so, so so the, the being sensitive and, and we had all this suffering uh, you know suffering poets and writers you know at our home so 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 he was always, he will always be sort of my demons so i think he more than Stig Larsson you know looked down when i'm writing are you doing good now david are you serious are you a fine writer so i can see how that would drive drive you yes. definitely and was he then was had he passed away before yes, yes. This Two, began, he died or? 2003 yes he mm. died yes so yeah. Oh wow. So okay. So so much has happened since then. Yeah, so yeah, much. yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And he, I think he, I had a feeling that he never felt that I fulfilled my potential. So I, I always felt as a bit of a disappointment. 
And and first, uh, I think that sort of crossed me. You know, I was feeling despair. But now it's sort of my method. I I will never be good enough. And that makes you work harder and, and always try to be better. Well, you mentioned that. You said you were getting up at 4 a.m. in the morning to write. Yeah. yeah, is, this, yeah. But is, I, is that part of your process still? No, is that I mean, I'm, I'm in, I, 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 I wouldn't sound, I mean, more ambitious than I am. You know, I'm walking back and through and do a lot of useful, useful things. But 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 I really think that's a good method. Uh, people say always believe in yourself, and maybe you do that very much here in in, in, the, oh, in, right. <laughs> in the states. Believe in yourself and be yourself, which is very strange because we don't know who we are really. Right. But but I say all the time, doubt yourself. Don't doubt too much because then you will get crushed. But always doubt, and you know, your uh, make analysis of your analysis of right. things. You, you know. So, so, so that's my so yeah, method. Like, that's my method of writing. Doubting, doubting, and work. Well, that and that's good. Doubting and work. Kindred yeah. spirits. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, okay. Well, so, so, can we talk a little bit about how then this part, this idea came to you for the girl who takes an eye for an eye? Was yes, this, yes. Um, how did this part of the story come to you? What were the first moments? And uh, well, I I don't know how much I will uh, spoil of the story, but first I must say as sort of part of my mission to deepen the mythology of especially Elizabeth Salander. Okay. Because I just didn't hire fantastic character, I inherited the mythology. You know about Lisbeth Salander having this evil father who was raping and abusing her mother. And uh, Lisbeth Salander, you know, understood that she was the only one who could save her mother and try to kill. And they, they put her in mental hospitality. Right. We, we know about that. Yes. So I, so I wanted to deepen in that and answer questions that Stig Larsson had in time. In my first book I answered, why is she such a brilliant hacker? And now I had a crucial question. Why does she have a dragon tattoo on her back? Right. And I was convinced the more I thought of it, that a girl like her wouldn't put the dragon tattoo on her back without a very good reason. Because I understood then, but back then she had no money. It's very expensive to have, you know, fancy tattoo of a dragon tattoo. So, so it started, I think, with that question, and 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 I've already spoiled that. So, if you want, I can tell you uh, how I, you know, find out the reason why she had a dragon tattoo. Well, like for example, did you go into the church where you saw where you set the scene? No, that, but for, or... first of all, I was obsessed by dragons. I was I was on tour two years ago, and I and I asked everybody, "What's your relation to dragons?" Oh. <laughs> you know, because you know, I, w- I wanted to know. And, and, yes. and, then, and what's yours? Could we now, hear uh, yours? Like, yeah, what I, is mean, yours? I, I didn't know really. What was a dragon? I mean, they were. I thought they were kind of horrible beasts, you know. From childhood, yeah, like, from childhood, that, yeah. yes. You know, they were horrible beasts, you know, having fire and so on. And, and as all kids in Sweden, I've been in this cathedral in, in Stockholm. You must go there if you ever go to Stockholm. It's called Storkyrkan i Gamla Stan. Well, anyway, and I and I, I was will. yeah, you will, you will. And I and I was there, and I saw what everybody saw. I saw Saint George as the great hero killing this evil beast and, and saving the, the the virgin. I mean, that's that's what I saw, and that's what you know the priests tell you, and and you know the historian, and that. and then I went in again, and I tried to see it with Lisbeth Salander's eyes, and you know what I saw. I saw something I re- 
something completely else. I saw the blank face of St. George. And I saw the despair and fear in the dragon. So I immediately could understand that Lisbeth Solander could see St. George as the villain, as the father. Yes. And and then and then yeah. there was a woman like the the virgin. You were yeah, but uh, yeah, and the strange thing I've forgotten about her, and she was so strange I couldn't even understand who she was because she was standing <laughs> like she was praying and didn't care at all. The kerfuffle. Yeah, I mean, if if you are saved by 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 you know a knight, you won't stand like this. You would go. <laughs> So I, I sort of saw that, that she was, you know, the society that didn't care. Because the society didn't care when uh, 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 Lisbeth Salander's father raped and abused the mother. Right. And then I thought to myself also, how did Lisbeth Salander survive when they put her in mental hospital and they tied her up in a bed? How did she survive? Yes, I said to myself, she survived by thinking of the dragon. That one day the dragon will rise and take revenge on St. George. And, and that was sort of the start of the story. I, I, would not tell, I would not tell you any more about it, then I would spoil it. And then I had another story. I go, went back to my day as a reporter, and I, you know, I always do that. Go back to my great stories. But could you say a little bit about that? Because that sounds so interesting. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I can, I, yeah, I can, I can tell you that in, uh, in the 30s, uh, mostly, the Sweden were very poor. I mean, the welfare state of Sweden, you grow up after the war, actually. So in, in, in the 30s, there were uh, uh, so many as 500 identical twins who were separated by birth. And when I was doing, um, when I was a reporter, I was very much into science. So I talked to the, to, to, to the researchers who are trying to understand what, you know, make us human, is, what is genetics mm. and so. And they put me together with two old lovely ladies who were identical twins and they met each other. They didn't know they existed. They met each other the first time when they were 29 years old. At 29 years old. And that was mind-blowing for me because one of the girls uh, grew up as working at a farm you know, uh, really, as, as, uh, and and the other one grew up in an intellectual family, and that was so mind blowing. And and all this identical twin and non identical twin is part of studies what creates us. And then and this th- is a factual thing that did happen in no, but, Sweden yeah, after yeah, post war. No, no, I mean, it was. I mean, because the mothers couldn't afford them. Maybe they were born out of marriage or or something, so they were separated. And and then of course, my father again had all these things. We are privileged. But we must be guilty in one way being privileged. Always remember, you know, to, to speak about to be. the beginning of Great Gatsby, you know, always remember there are people that are not as fortunate as us. So so I've, I've been thinking all that like what have been of me if I grew up, you know, in a in a poor suburb, unloved? Who would I have been? What have been left of David? Right. And, right. and that, is a, that is a mind-blowing thing. And I have, you know, I have friends, I have a, a, a special friend who is an absolutely brilliant writer, but she was adopted uh, from Korea, you know, and she was, you know, just left outside, you know, uh, a kid for, for homeless uh, mm. children. Yes. So it's mind-blowing. I mean, what, 
So for her, she may be still reckoning with this idea of being no, left. I, I mean, I don't know what she what mm-hmm. she does, but but I'm thinking about that all the time. So that was part of the story, and then I was very interesting in um, what really uh, makes us and the blending with with genes and the social surroundings. Mm-hmm. So we all know that we are very unlike to our siblings, don't we? Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> Even though we share the same social surroundings. So what I learned was that the the really thing that creates us is the the, the mix, the blending between the genes and the social surroundings. So so something happens, you know. We 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 seek what stimulates stimulates our genes and we we fly and escape that, you know, the, our genes don't like and that shapes us. And we all have our moments where we sort of feel at home. There is reason that you and me are, I mean, reporters or, 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 yeah. Right, right. Because there were a key moment where we felt at home. And, and, and that's been, that's a question that I've been fascinating about, fascinated about. And, and so, David, are you saying that at this time, because in the, in the book, one of the plot points is that, there's a government agency that is responsible for placing. I know like, you're telling too much, don't you? Spoiling for the I'm readers. Not, no, oh, I'm no. Not. no, I'm okay, not. Okay, go on. No, yeah, okay, this, okay. This is gonna. This is this, and hopefully people will be listening to this program I, yeah, into the yeah, yeah, okay. the next ages. So. Uh, okay, uh, blah blah blah. Okay, yes, yes, of course. This will be a classic interview. It, you it mean? Will, a classic, yeah, yes, surely. A classic. Oh, 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 come on, yeah. Uh. But 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 is that something that was in your imagination, or was that p- part of your original uh, what, story what, when what, you were a reporter? What has happened? in this book whatever it is actually happen in the states in the u.s okay. in the u.s okay yeah okay gotcha okay yeah, gotcha we don't yeah. have to we, no, yeah, and yeah, everyone yeah, who's yeah, reading the book yeah, will yeah, also yeah, get yeah, it yes and i have some threads to the real story in the book but yeah okay yeah i got you david all right <laughs> today on living writers david Lagerkrantz, the girl who takes an eye for an eye i'm t hetzel you've got living writers we'll be back There's ten pretty women There's a shoulder where death comes to cry There's a lobby with nine hundred windows There's a tree where the doves go to die There's a piece that was torn from the morning And it hangs in the gallery of frost Waltz, take this waltz, take this waltz with the clamp on its jaws. Oh, I want you, I want you, I want you on a chair with a dead magazine in the cave at the tip of the lily. In some hallway where love's never been On our bed where the moon has been sweating In a cry filled with footsteps and sand I, 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 I Take this waltz, take this waltz Take its broken waist in your hand Welcome back. If you're just joining us, 
Yay. Glad you did. Um, David Lagerkrantz is here, and you've got Living Writers. I'm T. Hetzel, and we've got the book, The Girl Who Takes an Eye for an Eye, on the table with us. Um, thanks for choosing the songs. So would you say a word about what we just heard then, too? Because these are uh, all em- emotional uh, uh, songs. Uh, this is uh, Leonard Cohen, you know, one of my greatest heroes. Uh, but it's not for 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 once. It's not really his text. It's a Lorca. It's a Lorca poem that oh. that he that he you know changed a bit. But it's very trustful to Lorca, okay. and he made it uh, the beautiful waltz. And it would actually you know we didn't have the old you know Strauss thing. When when I get got married, we had this as our marriage waltz. Oh. So it's very touching for me. And then I had um, uh, this uh, day uh, that was. Maybe the worst in, in years. You know what happened? We had a president in the United States who is a disgrace and, and a tragedy. Um, and the election day, I got the news. I was in absolutely shock. Um, I, I think I even cried because I've never seen so such a vulgar disgrace for the word. And the same day, I got news that Leonard Cohen was dead. So I thought the wise are dying and the idiots are electing president. And and I, you know, it, it, it broke my heart. It broke my heart. And Leonard Cohen was such a, you know, first class person. He was such a brilliant poet and a songer and, you know, a fantastic person. So so I was, um, well, that was devastating. So greetings to him. And just before that, he did another song called... Uh, uh, it's you wanted darker. Yes. Yeah. What we what was the last song we the recorded? That that is, uh, you know, is so heartbreaking. It it's is so and ha- haunting. It, it's haunting. It is haunting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, David Bowie. You know, yes. 2016 was such a horrible year. You know, it was horrible in politics, and all our our good heroes they died away, and and Bowie did the same thing. You know, he had a song. You know, before his yeah. So, yeah, that was, yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for choosing the, the songs for today. And um, I, uh, I don't know what to say. I, we just have to carry on, don't no, we? we no, we has to. Be, but, but maybe this, I think uh, this will be a wake up. I, I hope that 2016 and 2017 could... could be the, the 1968 for a new generation. Mm. I saw this beautiful thing now with the football players, you know, kneeling. Yes. And, you know, it really touched my ears, you know. They were kneeling and, and that was such a fine thing to yes, do. Yes, and linking arms. Yeah, linking arms, to be, yes, yes, Even yes, if, yes, like, yes, the, the yes. president is say, saying that this is the wrong thing oh, to oh, do. Yes, in, yeah. in oh, such yes. Ah, anyway. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah. So, what now? Well, let's let's do you mind reading some of the book because yes. we can we I don't think we should spiral down into so the how, Trump Trump talk No, 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 right no. Now. Then we get stuck with we that. Will, we are we'll all a, we are all obsessed are. with that. So, <laughs> let's forget about him for a while. Let's go to this this world I, that yes, you are Yes, you f- yes, it's all, it's, and, it's, it's good we have yeah. fiction, isn't it? To escape in fiction. Not particularly maybe mine, but but we have so much <laughs> good fiction. So, but but you said it. I should choose, and and I hadn't had time to do. So why not start uh, with the beginning, or or yeah? Yes, yes. 
Although I was very impressed, you were going towards the back. I was like, no, this no, is no, I mean, be interesting. Yeah, yeah to, to, to you know, to have the, the last page, you know, that would be you know really right. destroying, yes. telling the who the murder <laughs> was and that. anything like that. Um, well, I don't know. Just start with a short prologue, then. Okay. Shall I? Shall I? Yes. Yeah, and I, and I must say I I wrote it in Swedish, so this is not really my word. It's the brilliant translators, George Golding's words, you know, translating mine. So if I'm doing some, you know, reading bad, you know the reason. But anyway, here we have the scene. Holger Palmgren, you must know, was her old guardian, a very fine man uh, who, who looked after her when when the society had decided that she wasn't, you know able to take care of himself, herself. Holger Palmgren was sitting in his wheelchair in the visitor's room. Why is that dragon tattoo so important to you? He said. I always wanted to know. It had to do with my mum, she said. With Agneta? Yeah, I was little, maybe six. I ran away from home. Yes, there was a woman who used to stop to buy to see you, wasn't there? It's come back to me now. She had some kind of a birthmark. It looked like a burn on her throat. As if a dragon had breathed fire on her. Shall I go on? Do you want to read the next next part? Like the... Oh, yeah, the, and- the- Part one. You know, here is the, the part one. You know, we have a fact thing. That's, uh, that's the thing that Stig Larsson invented. And here is about the dragon I, I, I talked to you about. Shall I read that? Sure. Or shall I go? Because Maybe. I put oh, Lisbeth Salander in prison. Because an action hero like Lisbeth Salander needs problems. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. So shall I, I start with that? That yeah. would be wonderful. Yeah. Lisbeth Salander was on her way back to her cell from the gym and the showers when she was stopped in the corridor by the warden. Alvar Olsson was blathering about something, gesticulating wildly and waving a set of paper. But Salander could not hear a word he said. It was 7.30 p.m. And that was the most dangerous time at Flodberga prison. 7.30 p.m. was when the daily freight train thundering past. The walls shook and keys rattled and the place smells, smelled of sweat and perfume. All the worst abuses took place then, masked by the racket from the railway and in the general confusion just before the, del- the cell doors were shut. Salander always let her gaze wander back and forth over the unit at this time of the day, and it was probably no coincidence that she saw caught sight of Faria Kasi. Faria was young and beautiful from Bangladesh, and she was sitting in her cell from where Salander and Ulsson stood. All Salander could see was her face. Someone was slapping Faria. Her head kept jerking from side to side, and though the blows were not hard, there was something almost routine about them. It was clear from Faria's humiliated expression 
that her abuse had been gone on for a long time and had broken her will to resist. No hands were raised to try to stop the slapping, and in Faria's eyes there was no indication of surprise, only a mute, dull fear. This terror was part of her life. Salander could see that just by studying her face, and it matched what she had been serving, observing during her weeks at a prison. Thank you. <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> um, so, so can can we talk a little bit about then the the choice to start with that moment so that we see this, so there's action like the tension is high yes. is that is that why this is where we open because the structure is the prologue then the page about the church with the the statue yes, yes, of right. St. George yes, and the yes, dragon right. yes. and then we have the first part one yes. with a date yes the soul is a date in the book yes Okay, that I also want to ask about. Yes, yes. But so is it important then for this, like the rhythm of this, the passion of this series, that you start with something like violence almost immediately, the tension, is that? I mean, you, of course, you always want a good start. Right. But if you, that's what you, you know, work hardest with. But but if you should really understand Lisbeth Salander, uh, what really gets her going is when, you know, she sees her own drama when her father were abusing uh, her mother and nobody did nothing. And so I think she has a moral pathos, but she's most of all has the moral pathos from when women are suppressed, just as her mother was. And... Um, the title, the Swedish title of the first book was called Men Who Hates Women. So nothing gets her going more, more because I think she remembers, she, she will always be on revenge what happened to her mother. So and when she sees things that, you know, uh, reminds her of, of her. So, of course, so I started that of many reasons. But also because I've been writing or, or I was considering writing about honor-related violence because this this girl has been sent to prison because she killed her brother or tried to kill her. And, and um, uh, stealing freedom from women, not make, allow them to love and live, you know, that's a, that's a crucial question for, for, for Lisbeth Salander. And she is also from Bangladesh, and I'm, I'm the board member of the organization PEN, who, write, who, who fight for free speech, and I have uh, quite a few friends who are actually put on a death list because they write on, on a blog in, 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 in Dhaka in Bangladesh about secularism. It's enough that they write a story about the evolution of theory and they can actually get killed of Islamists, you know, with machetes. It's, a, it's absolutely horrible. So, so that was also a story that was inspired from real life. And one, and one of the characters, is it Jamal? I yes, 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 yes. He yes. comes over from Bangladesh. He's had to 
flee because yes, he's yeah. on this list. Yes. And 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 they meet. Yeah, they meet. If they, 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 they fall in love. And and, 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 and I, I sort of call it a Romeo and Julia story because he represents his, uh, her family is, is Islamist and he's a Muslim as well. And that's very important for me to not generalize on certain other people. You know, We have the Islamists, but most of the Muslims in Sweden are really contributing to, to our society. Well, I think you make that clear with the yes. Iman, the character yes. of the yeah, yes. Iman that, and the support That was very important me to not make generalization. But, but she falls in love with the wrong uh, boy. That family, you know, as far as her family is concerned. As far, uh, uh, yes, I, I mean that. Okay. I mean that, and and and, I, and, and then, uh, yeah, she's sort of sentenced to to to, to death by her family or, or 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 him. And then, so and then, this is where we so we open on to, into yes, the we scene, open on, and yes. Lisbeth then. And you has can a be assured that you can be assured that you can maybe guess that she would do something about it. Right. Yeah. She's not going to look away. <laughs> She's not going to look away. <laughs> Let's take a short break and then yes, we'll be back and to talk more today. Um, David Lagerkrantz is here, the girl who takes an eye for an eye. We've got Living Writers. I'm T. Hetzel. We'll be back. You've got living writers. I'm T. Hetzel today. David Lagerkrantz is here, the girl who takes an eye for an eye, the book on the table with us from the Millennium series. Um, so thanks for choosing the Django Reinhardt. <laughs> right. um, it figures in to the novel. Yeah, yeah. He, he plays a certain role in the in, in the book, yes. And, and and he was such a you know brilliant player and he was Roman or Gypsy as you, you called them then and and, uh, and even though he was worshipped and he was a genius of course he lived in he, he was in Paris uh, when the, the Nazis were occupying and and, and, uh, and he had to flee for his life because, yeah, we all know about that the, the, the Nazis didn't just kill uh, uh, the Jews they killed the, the Gypsy as well it's a, such a tragic story and, and the what really touched me with Django's music, it, you, you can, it's, it's music that makes you happy. But if you listen to it, you can feel sadness in it in as well. So, so um, I had a jazz friend, because the, the music plays a, a, a quite a big role in the book. Yeah. For, for one of the... One of the characters. Yes. Who? Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think. What can we say here without? But, but we can say that much. I think it's very nice because I, I had inspiration for for a very good friend of mine who is an absolutely genius on on guitar, uh, and and 
he, he uh, grew up as we all did in my generation with rock and roll and, and blues and so. But uh, maybe I think he was such a gifted, you know, musician that was too simple for him in many mm. ways. And one day he heard, not Django, yeah, maybe it was Django a bit, but he heard jazz, you know, really good jazz. And that was a key moment for him. He said, well, oh, this is me. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, he was sort of shivering. Right. And just hearing a song like this turn his life into something else. So you made this character into Daniel. Yes. So, uh, so friend, yes, 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 oh, yes. So, so we was talking about that when, and I mean, isn't that fantastic? We, we can remember key moments in our life when we hear something, we read something, and we suddenly feel at home. Yes, this is me. I want to be here. Oh, isn't it fantastic? Especially in the young, you know, vulnerable years. Yes, I don't know what I would have done without music. No. Um, in the young, vulnerable years. Yeah, yes, I don't know. Yeah. In the getting older, vulnerable years, yes, it's still yes, also it's massively the, no, important. No, no, yeah, and maybe we're getting even more vulnerable. I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps. perhaps. Well, can we talk a little bit about the, the, the book, the structure of the book? Because you mentioned um, in the last part of the program about the date is always there. So I noticed that, and you're moving... Um, you're moving from the present, then going back in time. Yes, yes. To, so, can you talk a little bit about your decision to to make this like the stru- to structure the book this way? And here's a part two <laughs> <laughs> as well. And there's many different. As we've alluded to there's many plot points that are happening. Uh, uh, many yeah, different yeah, characters yeah, yeah, with yeah, different yeah. stories. That was characteristic to Larson that he was a master to putting you know many stories coming together, many threads that you know keep okay. together. So you have to think about that. But I wanted really to 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 develop and add something to the mythology. So I had to go back, and that's that. That's always hard, you know to keep up, you know, the excitement to go back and forth in time. So you, you had to work a lot with that to integrate it in, in, in the present. Uh, yeah. Well, well, it seemed like those sections where you did move backwards in time, they shared in common this always being high tension moments. Yes. It yes, wasn't going yes. back in time to think of that time no 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 you have, you have to, you have to choose your moments that's that's what's you know writing thrillers is about you have to choose when you re- reveal certain things and when you go back so so when you so go back write that so do you write it that way david or do you go back and are you moving pieces around after well, I you think have I, just, I, think, I just i think write it from the beginning and then i feel now is time now is time now we really want to know because if we tell it too early we are not really interested we must starting building the riddle and we will you know keep the tension when when we really want to know Maybe there's where you should put it. So you should build up what really happened. And then we are, you know, we will listen to it, hopefully, or read it. So so you're saying you're, when you're drafting it, you're writing through the present yes. narrative. Yeah. And then there are these moments where you think, this is all happening, but at this point we can In, break. Yeah, then we can break because now we're really she, starting to wonder what really happened. Like, for example, like for something we've said already, when Faria meets Jamal, yes. we can go and we can see that in different parts of their 
developing relationship. Yes, not yes. all at once. Yeah, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, and that's that. That's the tricky part, of course, to do that. But when you succeed, it, uh, it could be good. Yes, and how? Well, how did you then? take on the mantle of being a thriller writer because like we talked about before you had had massive success with these like the the collusion with the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the autobiography and then biographies and fiction about alan turing um but this is a different animal yeah this is a different animal but i i you know i, I again i think being scared to death is a good thing being scared to death not be, being able to write thrillers makes you <laughs> maybe a good thriller and i think there's something when we throw yourself onto unsecure water do you have that expression in english when you go into the uncharted territory un or so. yes 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 because you ha then you have to conquer something new and you learn something so i I, I think that it developed me so much as a writer when I try new things. And did you just, did you find yourself like reading all, like any thrillers that you had admired, like going back to these, deconstructing uh, well, uh, them or yeah, just absorbing? Yes, yes, the... a, 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 a bit. But I was uh, brought up in the, the wrong way, as I said. So I didn't read, you know, crime novels. My father would not have been happy. Why don't you read Proust and James Joyce That's instead? That's true. There's no Raymond life. Chandler. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Raymond, Raymond Chandler could go. Yeah, yeah. He was a bit literary. He, he could be, you know, accepted. But, but yeah, I don't know if it's a weakness or a strength. that I, 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 I mean, Of course, I've read a lot of thrillers, but maybe not as much as thrillers as thrillers writers has done. So I try to seek my inspiration from, from novels and especially from popular science book. So I always starts with, you know, a problem of science. In my, my first millennium book, I was so fascinated about artists savant, you know, artists with, with special gifts, with photographic memory. So I start with my fascination about, fascination about that, and then I try, how can I make this scientific, you know, mystery to a crime novel? So you're feeding your curiosity too, but it always starts with a question, and it's it a question always starts with a question so or about the character, because this one seems to have started with a question, a yeah, very specific yes, question yes. about Lisbeth. Yes, I tried to do that, and maybe that's good uh, that I'm not seeking inspiration for you know crime cases. I'm not that really into that, even though I'm an old crime reporter. Right. But that was back, you know, it's an old sin in my youth. But, you know, I it's see a layer of you. Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 <laughs> yes, it's in here, of course. But, but I try to seek inspiration from other things, you know. I think science is, is, is fantastic. And think, what, what could it be crime fiction of it? So, so this is also you then bringing, like what we had talked about at the very beginning when you said, I must also bring, to succeed in this, I must bring myself. These, these become then my characters, they become my story. Yes, yes, I, yes. And, and I always wanted to, you know, when I read a thriller, I, you know, I, I don't feel good if I'm just entertained. I want to learn something. I mean, that, that's the book I like, you know. I want to have some kind of new knowledge, some kind of new reflection. And that's so important for me when I write the thrillers. I have, you know, I'm dreaming of not just entertain, to educate a bit, or even, you know, I mean, dreaming to make it a, a little bit different. Maybe make people a little more tolerant, wiser, 
understand uh, that we all, you know, uh, <laughs> should be together and, and not have this crazy divided society that we now are creating. Yes. Amen to that. Amen. <laughs> well, I have another question about Lisbeth in yes. the in the um and I don't think it will give anything away. Um but when you're thinking because you're in this for the long haul with Lisbeth and with Blom Blom Blomquist, yes. Blomquist. Blomquist. Um so when you're when do you know that this is the this story like this part of the their lives with you yeah like this is this one and yeah. then you're going to be moving on to the next one feasibly like this this one it seemed like uh, you pre- like you wrote in 2015 that one was published yes. and now it's 2017 so are you already on to the yes, next story yes, yes, with yes, them yes and you're okay yeah yeah how do you do you feel like there's something when you're starting this do you have a sense of like like i'm gonna like how do you know when to end it because i can't say some of the stuff because i don't want to give it away but there's a moment where the last couple of lines like we see lisbeth going off again but she's by herself yes and that seemed important to me that she was also leaving when people's attention weren't on her yeah yeah there will there will be a continuation yes yes yes. It will be. It will. Be, yes. Yes. I will. I so will I write. Guess, do you I'll, already know where? She, so at yeah, that I, point, I sort, you I knew sort, where I, she was going. I, yeah, I sort of know. I sort and of know. I can. I can. I can uh, tell you that much. That in the first book, uh, we had this. She has a, a twin sister herself, Camilla. Camilla, and she's really evil one. She was the father. So we can. I can reveal that much in my third book, the, 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 the great finale between the sisters, you know, the great fight. Is that, so that's what's coming? So that's what's coming. I can tell you that much. Maybe you, <laughs> people who, who read this book will guess. But then I do... As well, I, I was all, surprised that she didn't play that much of a role. No, no but she, you will see her again. I, ah. I, yeah, I, I, can, I can promise you that. You, you will see her again. And, uh, and then I did, just as I did with the two books, I have another, you know, story in my life that I was passionate about that was not really crime fiction, a, a bit science and a bit adventures. And I tried hard to make crime fiction in that. And, and one day, you know, uh, drinking some wine with my a- lovely agent, I just, you know, yes, and now I know how I will do it. So I've started it, even though it's hard to write now during this tour. <laughs> Oh, but it's good that you are. Well, yeah, I have to be. I have to be working on something to keep sane. You know, <laughs> I keep sane. Yes. And so, will that be part of the Millennium series, or is that going to be another book? No, no, no. That's, I, I will write my first. I will, I, I will just write three books, and then I will move Into, further. But let me just to clarify that idea that you just said that you yes, just had that, that came will in, be in my will be? third okay. book. That but, will publish if we will not crash down or something. It will be published in <laughs> 2019. Oh no, I mean, yes. we never know what will happen. <laughs> so. And then we can also look for other books, and then other, I, other then ideas I, Then I will go, too. and then I think you should do in literature as you do in love. Go for the fire, go for the passion. Yeah, so I will seek, you know, when I feel the passion, I will write about that. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you. It was lovely. Thank Hi, this is Boja. And when I'm in the area, I listen to WCBN FM and Arbor.
takes the snap, takes the handoff to Smith, rolling to his right, still looking for a receiver. Breaks through a tackle and he's got a seam! Down the sideline, touchdown Michigan! Gardner takes the shotgun snap, looks to his right and connects. Reaching for the end zone, touchdown Michigan, Amara Darba. Gardner makes a handoff to Smith, looking, firing. Jake Buck, one-handed catch. He caught it. Unbelievable catch. Hello and welcome to the Daily Sports Report on WCBN FM Ann Arbor 88.3. And it is a crisp autumn afternoon here in Ann Arbor. We're joined by uh, four panelists. I'm your host, Alex Drain, by the way. Joined by Alex Shee, Alex Kramer, Blake Bertrand, and Nick Hornberg around uh, the table. We've got a lot to talk about in terms of sports, uh, but I like to sometimes start